Hello and welcome to Morlocks, a let's experiment show about finding new homes for the lost of gotten characters of Marvel Crisis Protocol. I'm your host Lexa White and with me this week is Aaron from Web Warriors Protocol. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. To be fair, yourself? Doing just fine. Um, but for those who may not know you, would you mind introducing yourself? Um, so, yeah, so I launched a Marvel Process Protocol website at the start of last month, um, following sort of my journey with Web Warriors, as that's the only affiliation I do play, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I play quite a lot of uh, events and a lot of tournaments, so just thought I'd start uploading that and blogging about it and posting about it and letting other people see sort of what I'm doing and how I'll get on with the game, to be fair. Fair enough. And have you been enjoying the game? Yeah, so I really, really enjoy Marvel. It's probably the best game system I've ever played, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I um, thoroughly enjoy it. Obviously, Long Shanks is really cool with um, being able to record like your games and what you've played against, who you've played against. That's pretty cool as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, who did you bring for us to talk about today? So today, the character I've got is the Punisher. Fantastic. And Punisher is one of those characters that we have talked about on this show before, but it was long enough ago that I'm willing to re-examine it, especially with some of the new stuff that has come out that I think he lends himself to somewhat. Uh, But that was all the way back in episode 17, so over 20 episodes ago was the last time we talked about this character, which is about five months ago. And there has been a lot since then. Yeah, definitely. I think, really, the Punisher's found um, a lot of places he can slot into lightly as well, which is good. Mm-hmm. He's a really interesting character. Um, one, because he is the only truly unaffiliated, unaffiliated character in the game. Um, yeah. With, um, and then he has uh, the rapid-fire attacks, which have been increasingly apparent in this game but are no less useful than they yeah. were when they started. Um, and he has true rapid fire rather than the roller hit to rapid fire that yeah, Mystique yeah, has. Yeah. Um, and then he has a range five attack, which is always good. And if you can get the two shots off on rapid fire, you can always go into the aim shot. Um, which is a very, if you can set him up in a position where that works, is a very potent setup. Um, he also has, uh, short movement on a stick. He has reposition, yeah. which is never going to complain about that. Um, and then his unique thing is his, his, uh, fallen tokens or punishment tokens. That's officially what they're called, uh, from the fallen ability, um, where you can get them and then, uh, when you make an attack, you discard up to three of them and then... Um, you get that many extra dice to your attack. Yeah. So yeah, um, were there any places that immediately jumped out to you as places you wanted to examine Punisher in? Yes, so with the recent addition of Sam Wilson to Avengers, I think it is the perfect place for Punisher to um, slot into. I, I am with you there. I think Sam Wilson Avengers is a really, really strong place for him. Um, he likes wide lists, he likes um, the reposition he gets, he likes the bonus yeah. power. 
I don't think there's much that we can complain about there, but I want to talk a couple other options rather just just to cover our bases. Yes, so I think as well as Sam Spam, mm -hmm. um, he's definitely likes affiliations where he can easily get a lot of power. So I think um, playing him within Brotherhood mm -hmm. or within, obviously he can't be one of your affiliated characters, but with alongside A-Force characters, yeah. getting the extra power from all the damage is really nice. Uh, so we, uh, the first time around, we did do him in A-Force, so we're, we're going to kind of gently push that away from the table for today, uh, but that yeah. is definitely a good shout. Uh, I want to bring up Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, yeah, so I, I was just thinking Guardians because they go really wide as well, which helps with his um, punishment tokens, like you said. Yes, but also uh, Punisher is a character with a character-specific tactics card. And Guardians are a really good team if you have this very powerful but situational tactics card that you want to play where yeah. they can use it, and if they don't run into the situation where they can use it, they can turn it into rerolls anyway, and still get value off of that card. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I can think of X-Force, I think he would be not terrible in. Um, yeah, I think all rapid, all characters that have the rapid fire special will really um, lean into uh, X-Force quite a bit because of the reroll. Obviously, he doesn't need it to fish for a trigger, but he can just use it to get that extra damage through on his attacks. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, because of Blood Red and Personal, he likes yeah. aggressive teams. Yeah, definitely. And, and that is a very aggro team that can also, like, balances that range that he wants. Because he wants to play in that range where he's kind of range 3 from some people, kind of range 5 from some people. And they're a very... They play with their ranges a lot in that team, from what I have found. I think you might even, if you could find a way to squeeze him in at 20 threat, um, have a place with the Black Order. Because I know a lot of people like 17 threat for Black Order, but if you do have to play 20, then obviously he slots mm -hmm. perfectly in to round it up to 20. And Blood yeah. Red and Personal something that you know can really nail down the whole uh, VPs for KOing enemies that you get once you're in that affiliation, albeit yes. if Final is on the right side. But yeah, Black Order is a really interesting case uh, with the gem change rule because suddenly they have to rethink how they construct the entirety of their roster uh, yeah. now that gems are permanently stapled to characters. Um, and yeah. I think that is, is going to be an interesting thing to tackle at some point. Yeah, so I think it sort of it takes away and it also gives to them because yeah, they have to um, pre-allocate where the gems are going, but then they also gain the slots that they previously have had tied up with the gems. Mm -hmm. uh, and it also, I think, means that Black Dwarf will get a little bit more play. Yeah, I think we'll definitely see him included in a few more rosters now that there's a little more space for him and it's not so uh, specific what you need to be taking. And we might actually see, see him more play, like you said. Mm -hmm. And because Corvus is probably going to be stuck as a 5 now, it gives you an affiliation 4 point. Yeah. Um, otherwise, for Punisher, uh, I also don't think he minds Midnight Suns. Having the reposition for 1 on top of the reposition for 2 means that if he's power flushed, he can get a long distance. Yeah, he can still move quite some distance and make his um, rapid fire attacks, which is always good. Mm-hmm. And he has the consistent power gen to always be able to use uh, 
because um, like instead of taking a uh, aimed shot, you could do a rapid fire attack, gain two power off of it, have the one for your turn, and then place one short move every yeah. turn on top of yeah. another action to do something else that doesn't cost a power. Yeah, this is the thing. He could um, so he could use his hip fire attack to shoot towards what you said, get the two power, get the power for the turn. Mm-hmm. Um, he could then do it again. And still after that, you spec ops training to advance small, use the Minotaur Suns to play swim one. So he's now quite a fair distance away from his target if they were already at range three. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got both the attacks off and he still has two extra power left over, which next turn he can use to do an aim shot now that he's far enough away to want to be doing that. Oh yeah. No, it, it gives him a lot of mobility that I don't think people would expect from him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's a lot of options actually on the board. Uh, but yeah. the question is, what do you actually want to build? So I think it's probably best to go with him in Sam Vengeance, like I said, mm-hmm. uh, and nail down around the interactions when a character is dazed. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so of course, first off, we get Captain America Sam Wilson into the list. Yeah. Um, do you have a particular pick for your next Avenger that you instantly get in the list? I think the important thing for me is to make it so that the team has a core of three free free characters. Mm-hmm. We've got Sam Wilson already. Um, I'd be looking at one of the heroes for hire, so either Luke Cage or Iron Fist, mm-hmm. just because they're both really great within, um within the spam affiliation, but you can also use the heroes for hire in a situation to make sure you're almost guaranteed getting one of your characters dazed. Mm-hmm. To say you have Luke on one health left, you can use heroes for hire to throw him under the bus. You sort of bodyguard and attack, but then you also get the trigger on your leadership and you'll be getting the trigger with the Punisher's punishment tokens. Yep. Uh... So I think... Um, I'd probably go with Iron Fist out of the two first, just because of the potential threat he brings to the table. Yeah. People are going to want to be focusing him down, which leans again into the fact that your characters are going to be getting dazed. Yep. Um, and then for me, uh, the one I want to look at is actually Ant-Man. Yeah. I, I really like Ant-Man and Wasp. Um, I think both of them have very good value here, but I think Ant-Man... We already have enough like sideliners in Punisher that we don't need another one, which is Wasp. Wasp is Wasp kind of goes at it from yeah, from the edges of the map, but Ant Man just goes straight into the fight, and especially the tone one plays that he can do to cause yeah. you to lose a back point can be very potent. Yeah, because I'm just looking at Ant-Man's card now. He has the ability to change size, doesn't he, for one power, which is great. And then also the ant-sized uppercut. Mm-hmm. Um, so he really can leverage some movement out of the different places and the things that this enables him to do, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, stealth on the smaller character as well is always great. Mm-hmm. Um, he can really dictate when he's targeted and when he's safe to do what he wants to be doing. Mm-hmm. So that is three three pointers, but I imagine we're playing a wide list, so we want at least we want probably another fourth three pointer in this list. Yeah. Um, 
I, like I said, really like the Heroes of Hire, so I'd probably go in and pull in uh, Luke as well, just to give you the bit of tactical flexibility when using their tactics card to get the most out of it as well. I I do, I, I, I definitely think that is a good play. I do want to point a finger at one of my favorite Avengers recently, which is Beast. Ooh, Beast's a really interesting one, yeah. So, um, I've not seen him used outside of X-Men. Mm -hmm. Well, I did see him used in a game the other day where he caused absolute mayhem um, against one of my other friends who was playing. So that was quite interesting. So I think we could definitely fit Beast into the roster. And the big thing for me with Beast is that he is a size 3 character. So you can line him up in a matchup against a Valkyrie really easily. Yeah, and it really shuts down someone for a throws, doesn't it? Yeah. Um... And he is a size three for three cost character. Yeah, it's very efficient for what you're getting. Obviously, he's got wall crawler as well, which is always really useful. Mm -hmm. um, the slightly bigger place means you get a little bit more out of the medium move as well, which is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, his acrobatic strike having ambush, although sometimes there'll be times where you don't want it to go off. Yeah. You can really use it to get him involved in the fight. Mm -hmm. And really get him... He's another, like, look at me, I'm a target character. And it's I, I think the way that we want to play it is having most of our, like, big Avengers characters be look at me, I'm a target, and leave Bull, uh, not Bullseye, uh, Punisher in the back lines taking aimed shots with his punishment tokens. Yeah. I think uh, the great thing as well about Beast in Sam Spam is Stars and Garters. Because mm -hmm. although it is a defensive reroll, again, it lets you dictate when your character's dies because you can always use it to reroll successes within your defense roll. Yeah, that is a really good pull. Yeah, so uh, it's something I do in the Web Warriors, using the Web Warrior reroll to uh, manipulate sort of when I take damage, when I get my rerolls. Mm -hmm. And I think Beast's very good for doing that as well. Mm -hmm. And then, an out-of-affiliation character that I put in almost every Sam Spam list that I want to bring up is Bob. Yes, yeah, so I was already thinking about Bob, especially alongside the Punisher, because you just quickly uh, load him up with those punishment tokens. You, you get the most out of the Sam Spam leadership as well. Mm -hmm. And it allows you to trigger the Sam Spam leadership on your own turn to reposition one of your characters before your opponent gets a chance to react to it. Yeah, that's the uh, main benefit for it. It's you sort of get it on your own terms without relying on your opponent to do the damage for you, don't you? Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's a 2.0, which allows a lot of list flexibility for him. Yeah. Now, are there any other characters that jump out to you as needing to get into this list? So, we've got... Um, we've got Sam, we've got Iron Fist, we've got Ant-Man and Beast. That's four Avengers. Uh, I'm just trying to think of how I'd take the list up to 20. If we take the Punisher and Bob, that takes us to 17. So another free threat mm -hmm. maybe might be ideal. I mean, it lets us go really, really, really wild at, yeah, at, that, at 20. Have seven. That gets us up to 7 wide at 20, which means we can have that be an out-of-affiliation option. Yeah, I mean, I'd be considering Baron Zemo, um, mm -hmm. because again, he gives you access to choosing when your character's dies by re-rolling successes in a sort of bubble around him. And not only that, but... You can really, really start to get, you know, the the maximum offensive output from the Punisher if you give him some rerolls on his um, aim shot. Mm -hmm. uh, what I do want to pull up um, is a new character. Um, 
which is magic. Yeah, sorry, I didn't even thought about the ones that we've had revealed that we haven't um, actually got yet. Yeah. Magic's a definitely an interesting choice for them. Let uh, me just grab her quickly. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, um, because we are lacking in Mystic. Yeah, and she definitely brings quite a lot of Mystics to the table for a very little cost, which and, is very interesting. And the other thing is, she's very good also into the Mystic matchup. Uh, because of her defensive tech. And with her limbo step, she gets... Um, she She's a character that you don't need necessarily need to target with the same ability super often because she has such fine-tuned controls of her location. Yeah, she doesn't need the um, leadership to make sure she's where she wants to be, does she? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think magic will fit in there very nicely, actually. Um, Dark Child as well for uh, for for power is a really really solid attack. Mm-hmm. Um, as you've mentioned already, Limbo's set's really good. The Sorcerer Supreme of Limbo's good tech against Mystic, which is something I think we'll be starting to see a lot of as well. Mm-hmm. So it and is. And Soul Sword is really solid as well. I just I love yeah. piercing attacks. So yeah, Pierce is great because it just really can skew mm-hmm. the potential damage output against a search character. Mm-hmm. Um, a Pierce attack... Uh, sorry, rather, a Mystic attack with Pierce is always going to be great as well because you're already leveraging the fact that usually it's a lower defense for an, an opponent's character. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Pierce really op- really pushes into that, really um, capitalizes on the fact that it's already going to be a lower defense for them. Yeah. Now... We need a little bit of threat variability in here. I mean, we have Bob as a two-pointer, but I think we may need a four-pointer just to, like, be able to fill up all the point values. Yeah, so I'm not sure about what you would choose, but if we're swapping out one of our affiliated free threat characters, four-threat character, I really like Vision. Mm-hmm. Obviously, four-threat within the Avengers is a little bit on the expensive side when you look at what Sam Spam's trying to do, but Vision... With the Sam Vengers leadership is very, very, very hard to put down because healing the damage, removing the conditions, mm-hmm. obviously innately he has the ability to transform between both the physical and the energy state. Mm-hmm. Um, it it gives you sort of a, a very tanky piece within a team where you're not really looking for that, but he, he allows you that option. Very fair, and I I do I do appreciate Vision a lot for sure. Um, the only like real competition I see him having for that four threat slot in affiliation right now is the recently added Doctor Voodoo. Is Doctor Voodoo affiliated to? As Avengers? of the uh, update uh, on September third, he is. Oh, I didn't even catch that one. I've got the document right in front of me. I can see that now. Yeah, Doctor Voodoo is very interesting. Um, I did an article about him literally the day that we got his character card. Uh, the brother Daniel interaction's great. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether... I mean, obviously, him and Vision fill very different roles. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just quickly get his card up so I can see that one as well, because I, I already know Vision's more or less. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Voodoo. Yeah, because Dr. Bo- Voodoo also adds a little bit of the gap filling, doesn't he, for um, is it Mystic Attacks? Much in the way that magic does. Uh, 
No, you're you're thinking of the ancient one. No, I still think Doctor Voodoo's actually all right with his. He's got the spirit venom, so he's got the range three five dice sap power attack. Sorry, I I thought you said gap closer. No, 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 no. And ancient one I, is the one that closes the distance between her and no. the person attacking her. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I meant um, gap filling in the sense that he brings some more mystic attacks, which is what the roster yeah. sort of lacks at the minute. Yeah, he I definitely mean, spirit... brings more mystic attacks. Yeah, and the spirit of Brother Daniel is a great mechanic. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in a list where you've got, say, four, six models, you already have a model higher than your opponent. The ability to make one of their models unable to interact with or hold objectives is great because one of your models can quickly swoop in. Mm-hmm. You know, you've suddenly taken an objective from, say, a four-threat Medusa or a four-threat Vision on the enemy team and given it to a lower-threat model on your team, which is really efficient. It, it, it means you're going to be able to outscore them quite quickly if you can set it up properly. Mm-hmm. And it also means that... Um... Because you're always getting last activation in this list, almost always, swing turns those yep. things, um, it means that you can nullify, you you can yeah. exacerbate the issue of having last activation by turning off one of their secure scores and then going and scoring a different secure. Yeah, definitely. And that's a great thing. I think Dr. Voodoo, you always want him to be going last, don't you, to get that possession off and... Uh, to really leverage the benefit of you know nullifying an enemy character i don't think always i think there are situations where you'll actually want him to go relatively early in the round because there's oh, okay. a key extract ho- carrier that's holding like two or three cubes that you want to yeah, pop them off and there. stuff yeah i get what you mean there definitely i think he's got his uses both at the start and the end of a round mm-hmm. um i think what's really interesting as well within sam spam is because he's already got Immunities to Hex and Incinerate, which what I would say are two of the worst conditions to have in the game. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about using the leadership to clear them up on him. So say you're playing Demons Downtown, you're not going to be using one of you, your uh, leadership bounties to get rid of, say, the Incinerate that he has because he's already immune to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I think we could definitely slot um, Dr. Voodoo in. He fits in nicely for four threat. He, do, he 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 definitely brings something to the team that the team doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I said, he can really punish the enemy team for the fact that you know, he, if needs be, you can always go with him last. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other quest, the other end of the spectrum. Do we want our uh, interfilation to a Black Widow? Yeah. So I think having the interfilation two threat will would be useful. But with the combination of the three threats and the one four threat, I don't know if we'll ever have a time where we need it. Give me one second. So we've got Sam at the top of the roster who is a three threat, and we need him in every team. Mm -hmm. Then we've got the Punisher as well, who isn't affiliated, but we want him in every team. He's Mm -hmm. three. Um, Then just to work through the ones we've already got, Iron Fist is a three threat, Ant-Man and Beast are both three threats, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Then our first... Out of affiliation, other than the Punisher, was Bob, who's a two for it. Mm-hmm. Then we've got, um, we've now got Doctor Voodoo, who's back in affiliation as a four for it. And then we had so, Magic as a three threat out of affiliation. Yeah, Magic as another out of affiliation character who is a three for it. Mm-hmm. 
So if I just sort them back into the order of who's affiliated and who isn't, but at the minute we've got five affiliated characters, two are three unaffiliated, mm-hmm. which I think is more than enough to make sure that we'll be getting our affiliation at every threat value. So although I think Black Widow is good, mm-hmm. I don't know if we necessarily need her here because if we ever have the two points, we we really want to be um, throwing Bob in there to leverage the leadership, like we said. Yeah, so currently it's looking like a 14 will be Captain Falcon, uh, Punisher, Iron Fist, Ant-Man, or Beast, and then Bob, which I think is a solid 14. Uh, 15, we just get the three-pointers all in a row. Yep. Um, Then 16, we get to play with uh, Cap Falcon, Iron Fist, one of our other threes, and uh, Dr. Voodoo. Yeah, with the Punisher. Mm -hmm. Or we can do Dr. Voodoo and Magic and have a really Mystic Heavy... Side. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which, quite interestingly, still affiliated, like you said. Yeah. Um, and then 17 would be... Uh, we get all of our threes, and then Bob. Uh, so it's uh, sorry, Cap, America, Punisher, Iron Fist, Ant-Man, Beast, and Bob. Or, or Magic and Bob. Yeah. But we want that Punisher in there. Um, 18, we get just all six of our threes. Um, at 19, yeah. we turn out, turn one of our unaffiliated threes to a four. And then at 20, we do get that, that, uh, seven wide team. So yeah, we cover all point values right now. Yeah. So really now we've got our last two slots and we can just use them to put in things that we might want to, um, put in based on, based on matchup or based on mission scenario. Mm-hmm. So I think when you look purely at, what you could put in that will potentially give you a lot of um, flexibility in a role. In terms of free threats, I think Quicksilver's a really good shout. So, I want to bring up a weird option. Yeah. Quickly. Do we want to do the Dormammu splash? Oh, I see what you mean there. However, I think personally... But with this roster, it's very clearly focused around the fact that you're going to be playing Sam Spam. So although it's nice to have the Dormammu splash, mm-hmm. I don't see the roster ever actually finding itself in a position where that's what it would prefer to play. Okay. I mean, looking at the selection of characters we've got, we've got a lot of nice pieces. But like I said, I don't think... Um, using a slot for Dormammu might necessarily be the best choice. I think we might actually just be better off staying pure affiliated to Avengers um, and sort of having a look at, like I said, what we can bring in and out to sort of flex into different things and uh, lean into different tactics or missions. That that makes sense, but I wanted to bring up the option. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's, I think now with him in the game... Um, moving forward, I think it's definitely important to always consider the possibility of having him within a roster, Mm -hmm. just because of the fact that he's able to slot in and sort of bring a second affiliation on his own, which is really interesting. It's a mechanic we haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, the other one that I want to talk, there's two more that I really want to talk about. Um, First up is Hood. Yeah, so the Hood's really, really interesting. Um, I think is Hood's gang unaffiliated? The card it is, isn't it? So you could take that 
Um, having six characters or seven characters even mm-hmm. using the Hoods gang to get a bunch of rerolls could be yeah. absolutely brutal as well. Uh-huh. And so- I will, for everyone at home, I messed up this card on the last episode because we had a card covering the the art that we have has not all of the text revealed. It's only reroll one, not reroll all like I thought it was, but still reroll one of its attack dice is still amazing for what it's doing. Yeah, it's still a really, really, really solid card, and I mean, um, that on, as I said, once you've got that, I get across so many different characters, mm-hmm. the bonus that you're getting then is huge. Yeah. Um, and the other one that works with a lots and lots of characters is, do we want to talk about Corset Iron Man and bring the orbital laser? Yeah, so I think it's definitely worth um, bringing at least one version of Tony Stark now that he has his orbital laser card, because even if you're only playing inside two or three power of character, that's very quickly a very big attack that could be absolutely devastating against a right target, mm-hmm. or really against any target, just because of the pure weight of dice. Mm-hmm. Um, the invulnerable Iron Man build, I don't know if you've heard about that, but the sort of idea of taking Sam Spam alongside uh, lots of characters with the damage reduction as well is really mm-hmm. strong, really strong. So I think it's definitely worth throwing in Iron Man. I mean, he's a great character anyway. We've got the new Hulk Buster on his way, mm-hmm. but I think there's definitely potential for him to see some play with the core box one within this roster as he currently is. And I mean, we might be getting some updates which make him even better in the future. Yeah, no, absolutely. So let I think Iron Man for sure is someone who's getting in. Um, yeah. I definitely agree with you as Quicksilver as an option. Um, if we want to do that, like, tanky Sam Spam list, Lizard is a really big option. Yeah, I mean, whilst we're on, uh, whilst we're talking about Iron Man, I mean, it's always worth mentioning uh, War Machine as well, yep. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because he's um, similar in the aspect that he is, as far as I know, he's a free threat uh, mm-hmm. character with damage reduction, which is huge. He's in affiliation. So if we're playing cards like Avengers Assemble, we're going to get the most out of that uh, mid-game when we've got a lot of characters able to use it. Mm-hmm. If I would just drag up War Machine's card as well, um, which isn't currently showing up for some strange reason. Uh, there we go. I've got, it. I've got it now. So Metal Storm is a great basic just for putting out the bleed, obviously on the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beam attack's great if you can line it up. Rocket Pods, his second attack, it's a few, it's a few less dice, but um, it's got the Barrage special rule, and then Empty the Clip, as we all know, can be absolutely devastating. You might take out your own War Machine in the process, but mm-hmm. again, that sort of plays into what you want anyway. Yeah. Um, that is that is definitely an option, but I, I think we have a lot of in-affiliation characters, and I kind of want to look yeah. at our splashes right now. Um, and another one I want to bring up is Miles Morales. So, Miles, oh, I love Miles. Um, so, yeah, with the extra movement shenanigans that you get from the uh, affiliation, the healing damage, Miles could be really, really, really great because you can sort of use him to grab an objective and then he's going to be very hard to put down. And with the extra movement, constantly having him moving further away for his stealth, mm-hmm. he's also going to make him very tricky to deal with and to hunt down. And the other thing is he does have Venom Blast, which is a very important ability in if we're going high extract count. Yeah. Yeah, because if you can have him make an opponent drop multiple um, 
objectives from a single Venom Blast, that can be absolutely great as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I think Miles is definitely worthy of a space on the team. He's, he's got, he's, I would say he's probably one of my favourite characters in the game personally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, both from game mechanics and just the character himself point of view. Um, he's the he's the only leader I've ever used um, when playing uh, the Web Warriors. I've yet to use Amazing Spider-Man's leadership because I think Miles is just so good. But like you were saying, Venom Blast is too good an uh, too good an attack to not have access to. I think. Mm-hmm. So that is a full ten character roster right there. We have yep. Punisher, Sam Wilson, Iron Fist, Ant Man, Beast, Bob, Magic, Doctor Voodoo. Uh, of course, that Iron Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, so let's yeah. go from there into our tactic, uh, our crisis discussion. Um, and I think we want wide crises in general. Yeah, so I think if we look at... Um, so we've got uh, Cube, Struggle for the Cube downtown. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good um, crisis card for... Some spam because although you'll be taking damage off them, you can sort of manipulate that damage to where you want it to be, mm-hmm. which other teams can't really get much benefit from. Whereas the some spam list definitely can. Yeah. Um, so I'd be thinking of putting that uh, straight in there as one of the um, extract cards. It's seventeen threat, mm-hmm. which is going to let us take five of our three threats with Bob as well, which is uh, six characters wide. Again, that's what we really like. Yep. Um, I'd be from there. I would want to bring up uh, hammers. Yeah, definitely. Um, we it's one of the few because there aren't actually many wide extracts overall. It's no, there's not really. I think there's only a handful, isn't there? Yeah, because there's cubes, there's worthy, and then there's spider infected. And then yeah. if you want to take the restricted slot, you can also go panic. But I don't think we're a panic list. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, as you mentioned, the three prior to that, uh, Struggle, Fear, and Spider Infected, I personally think those are the three that this list would want to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with the Sam ability, we can also reposition if we get moved on the Spider Infected. Yeah, yeah, which mitigates that a little bit and helps us to mm-hmm. control where we are despite the sort of random pushes and pulls. Mm-hmm. Um, Secures, I think, is going to be a little bit more of an interesting discussion. Yeah, so Secures are a little bit, not difficult, but they are very different. Oh, I think Demons Downtown is actually potentially a um, decent shout for the Sam Spam list because you can really mitigate the incinerate, especially with the fact that Dr. Voodoo, for example, is immune to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think you don't have to worry as much about the um the the sort of downside of having the internet obviously yeah. isn't a void mission necessarily there are only the three central points mm-hmm. but it is a mission that a lot of rosters can suffer for because they really don't like the internet whereas like i said this roster doesn't really mind yeah um i don't think we're a sword team at all no 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 i think swords are uh, i personally don't see why anyone would want to take sword it's just too risky i think mm-hmm. to be playing it um i think we could potentially play uh portals under overrun city with spider people 
Yeah, 18 threat. I think um, that's pretty good. We've got a lot of characters who would be able to roll. We, I think we, we pretty much all of our characters have the free energy defense, which is, you know, it's pretty reliable. It's good enough to get us the portals. So it's, it's the know, question is, because we actually have some variable defenses here, because, like, we have a bunch of threes across the board, but we also have, like, Ant-Man and Beast are both two energy defenses, as is Dr. Voodoo. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we have, the only thing. And we have enough four physical defenses that instead we could go Mutant Madman. Yeah, Mutant Madman's really interesting as well because it dishes out the damage, mm-hmm. um, which, which sort of helps with the fact that we haven't necessarily got some of the the most aggressive characters on our team. That one damage coming through from the uh, Madman traps would be quite consistent. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, it's not that bad to be taking it on mm-hmm. our characters. You could even move a character where we know it's going to daze them onto that point just to to get the Sam's leadership. Yeah, very fair. Um, so I think of those two, I think we prefer Mutant Madman over Spider-People. Yeah, I think Mutant Madman definitely edges it out slightly and will have the more consistent ability to uh, secure it. Um, and then for the last one, I want to talk about Classic Corset Riot Spocks. Yeah, so again, it's another 17 that one is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a four, talk, four tokens. And it's it does do... what. It, it again gives us just a bit more control over sort of when characters are dazed. Mm-hmm. Characters like Miles Morales and Iron Man are going to really love this uh, this crisis card because obviously healing the damage on characters that are already very tanky is really useful. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of lets us hold on to our uh, our leadership trigger until a bit later on in the game if we want to. So we have a character that's on two health, we can. Uh, use a couple of the extremist consoles to move them back up a couple of health. Mm-hmm. And uh, this lets us sort of, like I said, hold on to our leadership for a bit later in the game. Yeah. So I think that is a good setup for our um, uh, crisis. Is now coming Project. to the most interesting yeah. part of this list because it is kind of the most chain, which is tactics cards, now that we have 10. Yes, yeah, so I think... Um, when building a team, the first thing you want to throw in there, uh, personally, I think on Medpack and Brace is your restricted card. Okay. I don't think that there's any real call for any of the other restricted cards here. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just get them up just so that I'm making sure I'm not missing any of them. Or like, there's we don't. The, we don't have, like, the concentration of good physical beaters to go into uh, a Doom Prophecy play, even though I think yeah. Doom Prophecy is very strong. We could do All You've Got because it's another way for us to confirm to trigger a daze or KO. It definitely does. All We've Got is the, is the only other one I was looking at. Um, but I do like the consistency that Bryce and Medpack gives you because... Mm-hmm. What Bryce allows you as well, if you've got a character on one health, you're almost controlling when they die because uh, your opponent might quickly throw something at them, which means they die and it's not really when you want them to. Mm-hmm. So you could sort of use Bryce to hold on to them and sort of mean that the character, the opponent has to wait until the next turn to die them, which might be a little bit more beneficial in terms of the leadership triggering. Yeah. Um, all you've got is very interesting. It is a very strong card but I'm not sure how consistently we'd be able to use it over in a way that we'd really maximise it. Mm-hmm. 
So I do think we're probably best going with Medpack and Bryce. Mm-hmm. And then I think the next one right after that that we want to bring in, just because we are talking about him this week, is Blood Red and Personal. Yeah, definitely. If you can um, set up a turn where you're going to be able to get that off, mm-hmm. or set up a turn where you, you go in it, look. Um, did we say that we'd include demons downtown as one of our missions? Yes, we have demons in there. Yeah. So, I mean, having demons, you can sort of set up a turn where you know your opponent's got a few characters on a lower health value. Um, you know that they've got the incinerate on them. Mm-hmm. And Punisher can just start off by doing a couple of item shots. If you've got those punishment tokens to boost up the dice, they can be absolutely devastating, and that can quickly rack up a couple of victory points, which mm-hmm. sometimes can be the difference between winning and losing a game. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then another th- tactics card that we already talked about is Helios Laser Bombardment. Yeah, so I think any list that has a Tony Stark in there, um, that is an auto-include now, I feel. Just because it can be so devastating, it can throw so many dice. I mean, there is no upper limit, is there, really? Not on just how many dice currently. it can throw. So, I mean, if, we, if we're seeing... Say Hulk, see um, a lot more play again. Mm-hmm. This list might struggle to deal with that sort of one powerhouse model, but if you can sort of invest, like I said, two, three, four power per character into this and roll, say, 20 dice, you're very quickly finding a solution to that Hulk problem that you might have. Yeah. Um, as well, we've already talked about Heroes for Hire. Yep. Um, just good protection allows us to control where damage goes and you get a throw out of it, which uh, we will never complain about here. Yeah, having a throw is always great, especially in a list like this where you can go wide, move on to a lot of objectives and use the throw to sort of make sure that you've got it. Mm-hmm. And then with how Avengers Heavy our list is, I think Avengers Assemble will be very important for us. Yeah, I mean, we've we've got six Avengers in the list, haven't we? So I think it's definitely worth having Avengers Assemble because you can... There'll be certain builds where, looking at what we've got, we could have five Avengers in the list. Yeah. Those five extra small moves could be absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And so that leaves us with four more cards to find. Yeah. So, just looking at the different characters we've got, just trying to think about any um, specific cards I've got to them. Birds of Prey for Sam can be quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. So, we have... Uh, options available on the table we have birds to play for sam and we yep. have um journey through limbo for um magic yes that's another really interesting one just quickly to touch on birds of prey um obviously it requires a matchup against a character with flight mm-hmm. um adding the dice can be really nasty to it though like i said it's three extra attack dice and um if it deals the damage, the opponent loses flight. It's not that huge to lose flight, I don't think, mm-hmm. if you're already in the correct position. But say it's a character that's about to run away, it can be quite useful. Um, Journey Through Limbo, as well, which you mentioned, is really, really interesting with magic. Mm-hmm. The fact you can choose either a friendly or an enemy character, um, yep. because it doesn't specify, and place them within three of their current position and give them incinerate. He's really interesting. I mean, we could use this on Brother Voodoo um, to get him to safety, and obviously he won't be that concerned about the incinerators if he's immune to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the you, other hand... You can also just use it to kidnap someone and give yeah. them incinerate. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, pulling a target character that's already activated, you can use it to pull them right into the middle of your team, mm-hmm. give them incinerate, and suddenly they're surrounded by, you know, four or five characters that are ready to activate and really start to, like, lay the beat down on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do either of those, do you think, actually make the list, or do we want more generic options in there? So, I think Journey Through Limbo might just make the list just because of how huge the uh, placing within free in the auto incinerate could be. So, I think that that one does make the list for me. Mm-hmm. Bird of Prey, um, it's a really good card. I don't know if it makes the list, so we'll leave that one out for, for now. Mm-hmm. And then, looking at unaffiliated cards, we have so many options. Yeah, I mean... Once upon a time, there weren't that many options, but now there, there's an insane amount, isn't there, really, mm-hmm. of different cards we've got access to. And um, one I want to bring up straight off the bat, um, because while we do have a little bit of it, we aren't the most reposition-heavy team, uh, opposing yeah. reposition-heavy team, um, is uh, Battlelust. Yeah, Battlelust interesting isn't it we've we we don't have many large characters um beast size three isn't it i think is is beast yep our only size three character i think so but on the other hand we also have ant-man who's a size one character yes so he can use it it will it will only cost him the one power Mm mm-hmm and it's that guaranteed push afterwards, isn't it, if it does the damage, which is quite interesting. Yeah, and it makes him have a seven-die builder with the yeah, guaranteed push. Yeah, that's pretty um, pretty nice, isn't it, for Ant-Man to have that and just... Even though it's only, even though at first glance it's only one extra dice, you then essentially you've got a, an attack that's only cost you one power. It gives him the transform, it gives him the builder, and it gets a push, which could be could be really, really good, like, like you've just said. And the other exceptionally hilarious thing we can do with it is we can do it on Bob. Yeah, that's pretty um, pretty crazy. What does that put Bob up to? Is it 11 dice? Or... It would be 11 dice total uh, with a push and explosion, and then, a, uh, uh, and then you throw Bob. Yeah, that's insane, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All of the, the explosion as well. Um, it's actually quite a big chunk of damage all of the characters are in two, suffer two. So mm-hmm. I think with the push as well, you could really put me in an unfavorable position for your opponent where suddenly all of the characters are taking quite a bit of damage from excessive violence. I mean, obviously, Bob gets strong right after It doesn't quite work that way because the uh, the explosion for Bob is before damage is dealt and the push is after the attack is resolved. Yeah, I've only just realized that, which is a shame, but it's Mm -hmm. still doing some decent amounts of damage. Mm -hmm. So I think that is something for us to consider. Yeah. Um, Because we are playing a wide list, we can talk about Disarm. Disarm's a really great card, especially like you said in a wild list where you've got the power and the characters that will be in place to be able mm-hmm. to do it. Um, I know we've just briefly gone to it, but now that you've mentioned it, I would definitely be thinking about including Disarm in the roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, and we certainly have the room with the ten tactics cards now. Yeah, that this is it. I mean, I've said for a long time that I'd be quite happily going 
quite happy going to a competitive event with only six tactic cards. <laughs> um, I've already felt that eight was a lot, and I never really what I, I never really found myself scrambling to push any to, to fit anything into those eight. I always found myself I'd have my six, and then I wouldn't really be that bothered by the other two. So having ten. To me, at least, feels like absolutely loads of space to do lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that as well, I want to bring up no matter the cost. No matter the cost is where you suffer the damage, isn't it? Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, where you suffer damage into to reduce the cost of an attack. Yeah, I think that's definitely great. It helps the fact that we don't have any um, bonus power generation in the list. Mm-hmm. No matter the cost is... From, I haven't actually yet. I'm yet to use it myself, but no matter the cost, is great with uh, Miles for his Venom Blaster as well because you can just suffer the damage to be able to do it. Yeah, we actually have uh, three uh, uh, three major characters that have that type of stuff going on because uh, we have Miles, who you can get a free Venom Blast off of that, which is yep. very potent. It makes us get a free aimed shot on Punisher if we ever need it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it's a one power dark child for magic yeah I think that's definitely one of the more interesting ones the one power dark child because that could really catch somebody off guard mm-hmm. and I think with our crisis selection um, the fact that we've got the is it the extremist consoles will let us heal anyway mm-hmm. that sort of means the damage will be taken from this but again we can use the damage we take from this to leverage into our leadership and sort of control when we're being dazed. Mm-hmm. Especially if we have the bleed token, because we could spend, say, enough um, enough health, essentially, to leave us with one remaining, knowing that the bleed will then daze us, which is really what we want, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And also, it gives us a five-cost Iron Fist rather than an eight-cost Iron Fist. Yeah, which is absolutely terrifying early on, because it can really catch somebody off guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you... If you manage to get into a mission where they've got a model who's about to run away with a lot of objectives and you just go call, even though it's, say, turn turn uh, three, I'm going to do an Iron Fist. That will really catch one off. I mean, you could potentially even day somebody early on with that. Mm-hmm. It can really swing things quite a bit in your favour. Well, it's also, you can get an Iron Fist off turn two with it. Because um, you gain two power turn. So that's four power across yeah. two taunts, and then just yeah. one flying kick across those two taunts. Suddenly, yeah, yeah, you're at the sorry. five power. Yeah, definitely. I didn't even thought about using the flying kick to bump it up a little bit. Yeah, a turn two Iron Vist is pretty grisly. I mean, not many people are going to know how to deal with that. And I mean, a lot of people plan around and expect it to happen in the fourth turn. So mm-hmm. that could really add a, a shock element to uh, playing the Iron Fist and um, really catch somebody off guard and throw off what they're planning to do. Mm-hmm. And like it's also like we get a free staff of Legba, Legba. I'm probably butchering that word from Doctor Voodoo, uh, which is uh, a attack that can really surprise people in how much damage it does. Yeah, if I would just pull that one up again, I know exactly which one you're on about. I just don't want to misquote it. So Doctor Voodoo, we have the staff of uh, Legba. So, yeah, the seven dice mystic attack just out of the blue will definitely catch somebody off guard, especially if they're not expecting it because of the fact that the wilds um, sap the power and the target suffers one additional damage for each power loss this way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the fact they don't gain that power back from power burns incredible as well if you get a couple of spikes just with that that alone can be devastating to your opponent oh, yeah. yet alone the damage that you'll be doing from the attack itself mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's i think no matter the cost is a really i i've been championing no matter the cost for a little bit now because i think it's a really underrated option for a lot of characters yeah, and I think with the move from 8 to 10, there's definitely space to at least include it in there, even if you might not be thinking of taking it predominantly in some of mm-hmm. your games. And then other spaces. Um... So I actually added Disarm in there as well then, yep. so I think that leaves us with one space. Yes. And I want to talk about a really funny option for us. Yeah. Do you know Seeing Red? I do know Seeing Red. So I picked up the box that I had that in quite recently. It's a, it's the Hulk box, isn't it? Uh, is it? CP number four. can't remember if that is the Hulk box or not. But I do I know the card. I think that is Hulk box. I just can't remember specifically. Yeah, um, yeah so... Again, we're maximizing on the number of triggers that we get when one of our characters is uh, dazzled or KO'd with this, mm-hmm. aren't we? Yeah. So, um, and, Punisher loves this. And it's, we've specifically heard from the rules form that you can stack this where... Um, because both the Sam trigger and the... Um, Seeing red trigger go on at the same time, so you can resolve yeah. the same trigger to move and then do seeing red. Yeah, that's really useful because that will catch somebody off guard, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Sort of pulling in a character that you didn't have in to start with to then move in and do this. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure if we were to target the Punisher as well, he'd be able to move in, gain the punishment token, and then do the attack as well. I think so. Which means, you know, he'll be adding the extra dice... If you're doing an aim shot, that's going to be quite deadly. Even if you're just doing the basic attack with the rapid fire, that's going to be quite nice with the extra dice on the first roll. Mm-hmm. And that that gives us that is still a very like rapid fire is underestimated for how much damage it actually puts out. Yeah, just because, because at the end of that, what you're doing is you're forcing the opponent to roll dice. You know, you're increasing the odds of either you having a really good roll or them having quite a bad roll, which can skew things in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why Rapid Fire catches a lot of people off guard because they're just not expecting the amount of dodge roll to bring up those unlikely situations where you have a spike on both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, do we want Seeing Red as our final piece then, or is there other stuff you want to bring up? I think Seeing Red's a very interesting choice, and I think it can definitely fit in as our last piece. Mm-hmm. Just because, like I said, we've got such um, diverse choices with different tactics cards now that we've got more slots to fit them in. Yeah, and I I really appreciate the amount of slots allowing for a lot more tech pieces in a list. Yeah. Because, like, looking at our list, I think our main five tactics cards will be Brace for Impact, Med Pack, Avengers Assemble, uh, Heroes for Hire, and Blood Red and Personal. But you can easily move any of those into one of our other five yeah definitely you can make space for any of them to rotate them out or rotate the other ones in rather mm-hmm. and it allows us a lot of flexibility in matchups it's 
Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it, it allows... In single affiliation specifically, it really allows that flexibility, but also it allows for dual, affi- dual affiliation lists not to completely get bogged down, allow them to play their unique tactics cards. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's really good for the game, especially like you said, if it's if, if someone's playing dual affiliation. I mean, if you are only playing mono affiliation, then it, of course it's going to be even more of a bonus because all it does is it allows you to take some of those more niche sort of options that you wouldn't necessarily include with a slightly more restricted um, choice of cards. Yeah. Um, are there any last things you want to touch on with this list? I think that's it, really. I mean, just going over it, we've got the 10 characters, like we said. Six of them are affiliated, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, the crisis cards, we've got Struggle, Fear, and Spider-Infected, Prior Extract, which are all quite wide. They all play into what we want. Um, Demons, Mutant, Madman, for the secure, both of those are actually in my roster, so I'm quite happy with those uh, scenarios. Riot Sparks, Extremist Downtown, I think, again, lends itself to this roster quite nicely. Mm-hmm. And then, as we've just been through all of the tactics cards, we've got five that we could easily take in every game, but then we've also got different flex pieces that enable us to do different things based on the matchup or based on what we want to do in that certain scenario or crisis. Mm-hmm. And- so I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. So, for those of you at home, the full list is Punisher, Captain America Sam Wilson, Iron Fist, Ant-Man, Beast, Bob, Agent of Hydra, Magic, Dr. Voodoo, Iron Man, and Spider-Man, Miles Morales. For tactics cards, we have Brace for Impact, Med Pack, Blood Red and Personal, Helios Laser Bombardment, Heroes for Hire, Avengers Assemble, Journey Through Limbo, Seeing Red, Disarm, and No Matter the Cost. And then for Crisis, we have Struggle for the Cube Continues, Fear Grips World as Worthy Terrorized Cities, Spider Infected Invade Manhattan, uh, Demons Downtown has our comeuppance come due, Mutant Madman turns City Center into Lethal Amusement Park, and Riot Spark over Extremist 3.0. So yeah, that seems like a super fun list too. Yeah, I'm not sure just how competitive it could be. I think if you if you got the reps in with it and you sort of understood what each character was doing and mm-hmm. the role that they fulfilled, that you could definitely do quite well with it. But just off the face of it, um, it's definitely going to be a fun list to play. It's definitely going to be interesting. You're going to have some really crazy moments where you, you do things that you didn't expect. I mean, if you, if you really want to invest into it, you could have um, you could be, be playing Seeing Red combined with Battle Lust uh, when one of your characters is dying, say when. Mm-hmm character is dazed and you want to move Punisher in you see him red battle lust move up you know sort of do that that one big attack that your opponent didn't see you being able to do off the back of Sam's leadership as well mm-hmm. um, there's just lots of lots of different nice little tricks and traps that this list has and I think that's what's quite interesting for it yeah and I think I think this game in general is a close enough power curve that if you put in the reps in you can do good with anything well definitely yeah because I don't think that at the minute, I don't think there's an affiliation you necessarily would take and, you know, you're going to do bad with it. I think the potential is there to do well with any affiliation and any team. I mean, I'm not sure how strong my, my own team necessarily is, but what I do know is that because of the reps, I know exactly what it can do, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the reason I've been able to go on and win the games I have won and uh, perform how I have with my team, just because of how well I know the, the, the roster rather than maybe how good the roster is in itself yeah and as something i've brought up many times on this show the power of playing non-meta 
is that you know what your opponent is going to do, but your opponent doesn't necessarily know what you are going to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is huge. It really can catch people off because, you know, when you see people talk, taking these lists that are constantly being talked about in the meta, you know, it's very easy to understand fundamentally what the list is trying to do, how it achieves its goals. But then if you bring a list that's sort of not been seen before, that can really catch somebody off guard because that's not what they're going to have prepared for. That's not what they might be used to necessarily playing against. And they might find that in that situation, the meta list doesn't hold up that well because it's just not built to deal with this sort of skew list that you've got. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, if people wanted to find your work and reach out to you, where could they do that? So they can find me at webwarriorprotocols.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook constantly posting in a lot of the groups just on my own account, which is uh, Aaron Collier. Um, and I'm normally playing at my local store, which is Boarding Brum, who I'm also sponsored by. So you can check them out if you need any Marvel products um, and you're UK-based, like I said, I've said previously. Um, but yeah, the best place to find me is either on Facebook at Web Warrior Protocols or straight on my website, which is webwarriorprotocols.com. Fantastic. And if you want to find the rest of my content, uh, you can find me. I'm Lexa White on all the MCP discords, Gjipt on all the non-MCP discords. If you want to support the show, um, you can find me at patreon.com slash Lexa White, where you will not only get access to the Morlocks discord, uh, where we have a lot of fun, interesting conversations. Uh, you also get a bonus podcast that I do... Uh, once a month of me and a friend sitting down and talking about TV shows. Uh, upcoming in about two weeks, I will be sitting down with former guest Abby to talk about the Nancy Drew TV show, which I utterly love. Um, as well as getting to see the list that we make on the show as soon as they are finished being made and seeing the lineup for the show upcoming. As well, if you want to see me, my formally written... Uh, TV reviews, you can check them out at ggip.tumblr.com. Um, and then if you want to see me on stream, I am uh, occasionally on twitch.tv slash theboardgamedome playing IOL uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol and other board games. I am at every other Monday, I'm on twitch.tv slash the underscore fuzzy, uh, teaching some of my IOL friends how to play board games. And then if you want to, and then every Saturday and Sunday mornings at twitch.tv slash games, I am doing custom Arkham Horror the Card Game content. Oh, I really like Arkham Horror the Card Game, actually. I've got that myself. It is personally my favorite board game. I really enjoy it. It's um, really good, yeah. Mm -hmm. Currently, me and Codab are playtesting a bunch of custom characters for the game. And that has been super fun to go through so far. Yeah, I can imagine that's been quite interesting. Um, yeah, like I said, it's a really enjoyable game. I got into it during the lockdown, so I haven't had much chance to play it yet, but I am a fan of it. Yeah, it is. I cannot wait for Edge of the Earth to come out here in the US, but it's going to be a while yeah. still. Yeah, it'll be worth it when it comes, though. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. And keep experimenting, people. Yeah.